The following program is sponsored by Halpern's Cards and Collectibles. Batter up! Podcast here on the Sports Insanity Network, sponsored by Halpern's Cards and Collectibles. I am Mike Griffin. We'll take you through the week of baseball preview, the big weekend series as well. As well, talk about some things that have gone around that have kind of irritated me. Uh, but we'll start with a special shout out Michael Lorenzen of the Phillies, who they acquired at the trade deadline for the Tigers. Through the third no-hitter in baseball this year after Domingo Hermann's perfect game against the A's and the Detroit Tigers combined no-hitter against the, the Toronto Blue Jays. Lorenzen threw the no-hitter last night against the Washington Nationals. And we'll, we'll get into the Phillies as a whole in a minute. But Lorenzen, since he's come over, this was his second start for the Phillies' home debut. He's thrown 17 innings in those two starts. He went eight innings his first start against the Marlins. Complete game last night with the no-hitter. And, and give Rob Donaldson some credit because he let Lorenzen throw 124 pitches. In a day where a lot of managers probably would, and they probably would have gone to a reliever in the bullpen at some point, he had a feel for the game. He understood the magnitude of the moment for Michael Lorenzen. That's an important factor when you're talking about a really a really big moment. And, and that was a huge moment, not just for the Phillies, but for Lorenzen himself. The broadcast kept panning to his family who was in attendance. So that was a really cool moment. Uh, again, third no-hitter of the season. In a Philly 7-0 win over the Nationals, I believe in the same game Nick Castellanos hit two home runs, was it? And now has 200 for his career, so congratulations to him on that. But the moment belongs to Michael Lorenz. And again, 17 innings, two earned runs, uh, and two starts. And it fortifies a Phillies rotation that's pretty good. Yeah, Wheeler. Nola at the top. Then you're getting into Lorenzen, Lorenzen and Ranger Suarez. That's pretty good one through four. And then you get into the Philly bullpen, which over the years has had some issues, but uh, they've got some arms down there. They do with Craig Kimbrell closing it. And then they got a lineup that's going to mash. And that's why I, 
I'll be honest with you. I think the Phillies are the most dangerous team in the National League. I think they're the biggest threat to the Atlanta Braves. I don't think it's the Dodgers. I don't think it's the Brewers. I think the Phillies are the team you don't want to play in the playoffs because, again, you can go Wheeler, Nola, and whether you go Lorenzen, Suarez, that, that's up to, to Rob Thompson. Then you got this lineup, which Schwarber, Castellanos, Bryce Harper, Trey Turner looks like the standing ovations gave him uh, – got him going a little bit. So that that's a huge sign for the Phillies. Bryce Stott, where would the Phillies be without a guy like Bryce and Stott this year? So I think the Phillies are dangerous. If they get in, you don't want to face them. Kind of similar to last year. So uh, I think the Phillies are the most dangerous team in the National League. I think they're the biggest threat to the Braves. Uh, yeah, I think they're a bigger threat to the Braves than the Dodgers are. I think the Dodgers have some issues. Great baseball team. But they have some things that I don't necessarily love the Dodgers, particularly the pitching side. Uh, you know, you know what you should get from Urias. Clayton Kershaw, we believe, is coming back. It's I think he's coming back Thursday night. This is being recorded August tenth. I think he's coming back tonight uh, against the Rockies. But again, you don't know when that's going to flare up. Gonsolin hasn't had the year a lot of people thought he'd have. Walker Bueller, you're waiting to see. Uh, and even if he comes back, what's he? what can he give you? And then there's Lance Lynn, who's pretty good. Uh, but he, he he's shown some issues. So Philly's very dangerous uh, in the National League. Now, I'm going to come off the field for a second. Nothing to do with the Phillies. The Baltimore Orioles are in first place in the American League East. And we've talked very positively about the Orioles and things they've done and the way they've developed some of these young players. The good times came to a halt earlier this week when a lot of people found out the reason to why they suspended play-by-play announcer Kevin Brown for simply speaking the truth. Kevin Brown, during a, a pre, a, a, during the intro to the game, not the pregame itself, but the setup when they go to the play-by-play and color guy, talked about the Orioles' struggles in Tampa Bay and, you know, how they had an opportunity to gain, uh, win a series there. And, and the stats were, you know, post. So that was the setup. That was the the entire setup to the broadcast was the Orioles have a chance to take three or four in Tampa. Something they haven't done. They posted the the record uh, coming in, you know, the last number of series. And it just showed the Orioles, you know, they've struggled. Orioles ownership didn't like it. They suspended Brown. There was public outreach on, I, I'm calling it Twitter still. People could call it X. Um, but I'm going to call it Twitter. People were outraged. And I think it got across the industry because you heard people, Gary Cohen took shots at the Orioles for it. during a Mets broadcast. Michael Kay of the Yankees 
uh, you know, who's taking some shots, Jason Benetti of the White. All of these announcers were saying, why would you suspend a guy for telling the truth on struggles? It doesn't make sense. And it doesn't. None of it makes sense. So the public outreach now has led to this. According to The Athletic, Kevin Brown is supposed to return to the Orioles broadcast booth tomorrow night in Seattle. Uh, so, so we'll see what happens there. But for the Orioles, a team who, listen, we've harped negativity on for years because they would lose 100 games and they were clearly not in the midst of something. They have something here, and they took away from headlines on the field because of something stupid off the field. And let's be honest, if you don't like the criticisms, which really, it wasn't even criticism, it was the truth, you're not built to be an owner in in, in any professional sport. So it's a terrible job by the Orioles. Kevin Brown is coming back, according to the Athletic, Friday night. But again, what he shouldn't have to. This shouldn't have had to be a thing. By the way, the graphic was shown on the broadcast. Are you, did you suspend the entire graphics department? Did you suspend, you know, the producer, the director, the people who wanted to bring it up? No. You just fought. You just suspended the guy who brought it up, and it's a bad. It, it's a terrible job by the Orioles. So that that that's something that that's growing that really irked me this week. I, I think it irked a lot of other people because you could hear it. Uh, you can find the videos on on, on the play by play guys talking about it online somewhere, but a lot of people were very much irked in the situation they should have been um, but Kevin Brown looks like he'll be back Friday night when the Orioles go to Seattle something else that's kind of agitated me and I'm coming back to the field uh, a, cu- a couple of teams have uh, uh, start not started to we, there's something I've got to bring up here. There, there are three teams I'm going to talk about. Two of them are going to get a, a little bit of a pass for the years they've had one one. The first one, and the team that I'm not going to give the pass is where I'll start, the Yankees. Lost two of three to the Chicago White Sox. And the White Sox are 47 and 69. But they were able to take two of three from the Yankees. So there are multiple pieces of why I'm going to kind of rip the Yankees here. Part one, Canyon Middleton, the, the guy they got at the trade deadline from the White Sox. Talked about the White Sox culture. It wasn't good. Guys are falling asleep. This, listen. I, I'm happy you said it, dude. But know the timing. You're about to go play those guys. You don't think that's bulletin board material for that team? You know it is. You know they're going to say, oh, look at what so-and-so said. 
okay, we're about to play him, so we're going to light him up a little bit. Maybe not him per se, but we'll light up his team. So that that's part one of this. Just just the timing of it to me is stupid. Excuse me. Part two. Aaron Boone Monday night gets ejected, going back and forth with Laz Diaz, even going behind the home plate and kind of mocking a strike three call. And I get it. Laz Diaz was had a bad night, and Laz Diaz is one of those guys behind the plate you don't love. Angel Hernandez, Buckner, list goes on and on. But the Aaron Boone shtick, man, for me, it's getting old. The, at this point, if he's going to argue balls and strikes, just say my guys are savages in the box. That's all he needs to say. But I wish he would tear into his players kind of like he tears into the home plate umpire. I wish he would. Because if you're looking at it, every time the Yankees struggle offensively, it's, well, we had some good at-bats. We did some good things. And you won't find a person who's more of an optimist than me. Because I'll tell you, even as a Met fan, seven games out of the wild card, you can't convince me they're still not in this. They're in this thing, man. They're only seven out. They can make a run. I'm an optimist like Boone. But the problem for me is at some point, I'm not saying he has to call curse these guys out or call these guys out. I, I remember Terry Collins. And, yeah, I'm going back to the Mets. For a second. I don't remember if this was 15 or, or 16. And he goes, these guys are professionals. And they need to play like professionals. And I wish Boone would kind of say something similar to that at times. Because they're so reliant on one guy. They're so reliant on two guys. One guy offensively and one guy on the mound. The guy offensively is Judge. They, they are so heavily reliant on Judge. If Judge hits, everyone hits. If Judge doesn't hit, nobody hits. And they don't do a great job of manufacturing runs. I mean, all I've got to do, all you got to do is watch the film uh, Saturday. Giancarlo standing on a base hit with two outs. On a not a great throw home, he's out by 12 feet. He's out by a mile. You know, it it was just, you know, know, people are saying, oh, he's not running hard because, you know, doesn't want to get hurt again. At this point, if you're Stanton, I get you don't want to get hurt, but you need the wins. This is a team right now, only three games over 500. They're five and a half out of the wild card. They are clinging to life. Because let, let's be real honest here. The team that's coming, and we'll talk about them in a few minutes. The Mariners are coming. The Blue Jays are are really starting to play well. The Astros and the Rays, we'll talk about the Rays in a minute on a down note, but the Yankees to life. They need some sort of spark. And then I believe NJ.com has the report that 
Brian Cashman looks like he's coming back again next year, no matter the result. There's a word to describe these new Yankees. And I say the new Yankees because the old Yankees, they wouldn't put up with this. But the word I'm going to use is complacent. The New York Yankees have become complacent. As long as Hal Steimer is getting the money in his pocket, he doesn't care about winning. He's not his father. He's not. George, how would George have reacted after getting swapped by the Houston Astros in the ALCS last year? (laughs) He would have snapped. How... Let's go back even further. If George was alive in 17 and, and everyone was going with the buzzer stuff, George wouldn't have tolerated that. That's not an excuse. You're the New York Yankees. Hal Steinberg's come, come complacent. It's not with winning. Not with winning. He's complacent because he's still making his money. And you will not see change happen on until people stop going to the ballpark. It's kind of that, that simple. So the Yankees can, can go out and do what they have to do day in, day out. Because let's be honest, if you're a Yankee fan listening to this, your ticket, when you buy a ticket, you are paying part of the salary of Aaron Judge. I'm okay with that. You're paying part of the salary for Garrett Cole. I'm okay with that. Then I'm paying part of the salary for Giancarlo Stanton. And then I remember, oh, yeah, Brian Cashman gave up nothing because he took the whole contract to Stanton to help out Derek Jeter. Then I'm paying DJ LeMahieu's contract. Part of that. It's This team has gotten old. This team has gotten complacent. That's the word. They're old. They're complacent. And let's be real honest with you. If they're not hitting home runs, they don't win. Then the third strike was last night. And I I, I don't love harping on a guy, but I'm coming back to Boone in a second. But you've got to have some feel, Aaron Boone. So last night, the Yankees decided to go with an opener in Ian Hamilton. He threw the first inning, no hits, a walk, a strikeout. That was Ian Hamilton, the first inning. So they went with an opener. Because the bulk guy was supposed to be Luis Severino. And what did he give him? Two innings, five hits, four runs, a walk, two strikeouts, a home run. ERA of 8.06. Luis Severino hasn't thrown the ball well. Go back a couple of starts ago to the Orioles start. You know, he hasn't thrown the ball well all year. Now, with the Domingo Harmon situation, you probably have to throw Severino more. But at this point, 
I may rather see what Jamie Moyer is doing than, than Luis Severino because his fall. Uh, and, and listen, I think someone's going to sign Severino this offseason because he's a free agent. And I think you could see a Cody Bellinger like return on him. Like, he, he, I'm not going to say he's going to have a 1.63 ERA, but even if his ERA is 3 3, 3 4, I think out of the spot. Spotlight of New York would be great for Luis Severino. And guess what? If you're Aaron Boone, and and, and I'm not sure because I didn't watch the Yankee game last night, Wednesday night, I want to know if a reporter are asking him, how can you keep going to him when he is not pitched well? And I get Boone's got to say face. He's got to say, hey, we believe in him. He can turn it around. But at some point, the numbers don't lie. And 8.06 ERA, is, that doesn't lie. It, you know, as a Met fan, I've talked about the regressions of David Peterson and Tyler McGill as being a big culprit in the Mets' lack of success this year. Peterson's kind of turned it around in the sense of when they moved him to the bullpen, he was pitching better. Now they're moving him back into the rotation, kind of easing him in. He's been okay. Miguel once starts since recall. I, I can't get into it. But Severino's had a plethora of opportunities, and he just has not converted them. They need to figure that out because if this team's going to make a run – Especially now with the Herman situation, we what it is. Carlos Rodon's back on the injured list with a hamstring strain. More and more, of that contract looks like Carl Pavano 2.0. The Yankees have problems, and they're going to continue to have problems because a lot of these guys that they have problems with are locked in long term. That's problem. So that's the Yankees. The other two teams I'm going to get on. And they're both lucky they're in the National League. The Reds and the Diamondbacks. Now, the Reds are a half game out in the wild card, still three games over 500. But they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. The Diamondbacks have fallen to one game under 500, have lost eight in a row, and are 1-9 and nine in their last 10. I'd get into the Padres, too, but I've ripped the Padres most of the year. The problem I have with the Diamondbacks and Reds, and I'll start with, is with their front offices. Because these are two teams that have done so well this year. I'm not saying a bad word about the teams. The front offices of both teams let them down. At the trade deadline, the Reds, we knew the Reds needed a starting pitcher because you're just waiting on Hunter Green to come back, Ashcraft, and Andy Abbott. Because there's not a guy you look at. These guys have great stuff. Lodolo, too. These guys have great stuff. 
but there's not a guy in there who has the experience who could say, listen, I'm not saying go get Verlander or Scherzer, but you're telling me you couldn't have wound up getting Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals? You, you couldn't have paid the price uh, on, I don't know, Lorenzen? You know, I, I, I just, Lance Lynn? Giolito, anybody? You, 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 were the price? Here's the problem with the price. Even if the price was too high on those guys, you have young players everywhere. So the guys who are coming through the system are blocked anyway by the guys you already have up. So that's a bad job, in my opinion, on the Reds. They've got. They had to figure that out. They couldn't figure that out. And right now they're they're. They're paying the consequences. They're struggling right now. And, you know, they just lost two of three to the Marlins. And that was after getting swept by the Nationals and having their doors blown off by the Cubs. That's been their month. You know, now they're going to go to Pittsburgh. Okay, they, they can beat up on the Pirates. But then Cleveland, pretty good team. The Toronto Blue Jays, pretty good team before they go to Anaheim. And then, ironically, August 24th through 27th, four games set in the desert, Reds, Diamondbacks. That can have a lot of implications for both teams who, who have really scuffled. As for the Diamondbacks, look, I got, they, they got Paul Seawold for the back of the bullpen. But they just they, – they have just fallen on hard times. Uh, you know, Corbin Carroll looked like a shoe in for NL Rookie of the Year in the first half. I don't know now. Kodai Seng is at a nice year uh, for the Mets. Francisco Alvarez is at a nice year for the Mets. A couple of other young guys have stepped up. Rotation-wise, it's Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, and a bunch of dudes. They were another one, like a middle rotation guy would have been nice there. And I get it. These two teams may have peaked a year earlier than you thought they would. But the problem is when they showcase what they've got, you have to give them what they deserve and what they earned. You didn't do it. The third team would the third team in that group with the Diamondbacks and Reds is the Marlins. But the Marlins went out and said, you know what? Jake Berger. We'll get some more power with Jake Berger. We'll get some more power with Josh Bell. We're going to get David Robertson for the back end of the bullpen. The Marlins went out and sought an opportunity. These two teams had that same opportunity to be sought, and they didn't do it. That's a bad job on their front offices because it's not every year you're going to get young players to all click. It doesn't always happen. It usually takes time to develop, and these two teams develop maybe quicker than you thought. But that's a bad job. It's a really bad job on their front office's part. Um, so the Reds and the Diamondbacks, because they're the reason, let's be honest with you, the insufficiencies of those three teams, the Reds, the Diamondbacks, and the Marlins, and at least the Marlins I can look in the eye and say, they at least want are going for it. 
they see the opportunity. That leaves the door open for a couple of teams. That left the door open for the Cubs to make this wild run there. This leaves the door open for the Padres to go on a this leaves the door slightly open. I know I'm going to get criticism for it, but it leaves the door open for the Mets. The Mets are seven games back of this third wild card. Realistically, they should be, what, 10 or 11 games back, maybe worse. And, you know, so there's still an opportunity, you know, as the saying goes, until the fat lady sings. So you left the door open for those teams and let's be real honest here. If the Mets or Padres played to their full potential, they'd be closer in the standings than these two teams. They've never figured it out yet. They haven't figured it out yet. So that's that's where we're at. We're, we're ticked off of the Reds and the Diamondbacks. We're ticked off. But we're not ticked off of the Marlins. We appreciate the Marlins. Uh, Aaron Boone and the Yankees. Yeah, you know, I'm not cutting the cord yet, but I'm very close. Uh, and they're also starting to get to Angels territory with me. Uh, so, and what I mean by that is, I think we just take them for granted for the roster, despite the poor roster construction, and based on the name, the New York Yankees. A couple of other things, and then we'll get into some of the big weekend series. Uh, um, some down news, and then I'm going to give you some positives on a couple of teams. Uh, the down news goes to the race. Uh, Shane McClanahan has a forearm issue. Uh, Kevin Cash thinks it's unlikely he pitches again this year. Uh, that would be devastating for the race. Shane McClanahan's been a beast this year, and it seems like it's every year with the race. Uh, something bad happens. So I don't know what they're doing down there, but every year something goes wrong with a big-time starting pitcher and it, it, it just hurts because to me, they were the one team that there were two teams in the American League, maybe three that can match up with Houston. They were one of them because they could go Glass now, McClanahan and now Aaron Savali to go up against Val, uh, Verlander, Valdez, and Christian Javier. Instead, now it's got to be Glass, now it's a Valley, question mark. You know, Toronto can go Gosman and Rios and Kikuchi and Injun Ryu's back, so Toronto has that. The, the Rays have been built on pitching for a long time. They have the offense this year and they had the two studs at the top of the rotation and the the news also sucks for this reason if this news happened on june 12th the race could say okay at the trade deadline we can go get ourselves another starting pitcher maybe not to the shane mcclanahan level but someone of that not maybe not someone of that elk but someone who could fill the role I know they got Savali, but they could have gotten one more. And that's going to hurt them in the long run. So, as much as I love the Rays, that's a tough one. But the, the two teams I'm up on are the other two teams in, in the 
let me rephrase that. The other three teams. There are three teams I was down on. There's three teams I'm up on. And they're all in the American League. Let's start with the reigning champs. Let, let's start with the Astros. I, I'm I'm very high on the Astros. Seven and three in their last ten. They've won three in a row. They're playing the Orioles at Camden Yards. They're down three one, but they they've already won the series. They've already took the first two games of that series. Uh, game one on Tuesday, Kyle Tucker hits that go ahead grand slam off Bautista. He's he's so criminally underrated in that in baseball in that lineup when you're going Tuve, Bregman. Alvarez, Tucker, Chas McCormick's had a good year. Yainir Diaz has had a good year. Then we're going to tip it off rotation. Verlander, Valdez, Javier. Uh, they just got uh, Urquidy back. And then you go to the bullpen. Ryan Presley at the back, and they bring back Kendall Grave. They have Hector Nares, Ryan Stanek. They're loaded, dusty. They're loaded. And that's why they're the team to beat in the American League. They're the team to beat. They're so good. So up on the Astros. Up on the Toronto Blue Jays. Let's give the Blue Jays some. Six and four in their last ten. And they've pitched really, really well. We know the offense will eventually have to click. It's too much talent. But the starting pitching from Bassett and Kikuchi and Barrios and Kevin Gosman and Ryu, if he's not terribly hurt after taking a comeback the other day, they've pitched really well. They've pitched really well. They need a little, they need the offense to give them a little bit more, especially the known guys. They need more from George Springer, they need a little bit more from Vlad. Uh, you know, Bo Bichette, when he comes back, he, he's, he was having a really nice year. Chapman, who got off to a really nice start. Kirk, they need these guys if they're going to make that run. But they've pitched really well. And look, they're on a tough road trip right now. Uh, playing rubber game today against Cleveland after they swept the Red Sox. Actually, is it a rubber game or is I might be wrong. It might have been a four game. Okay, so they won Monday night. They lost Tuesday. So, so they'll gain at least a split. Yeah, they'll they'll gain at least a split with a loss uh, to, in today's game if they lose. But they play really well. You gotta give them credit. And the hottest team in baseball. We were down Reds, Dimebacks. How about the Seattle Mariners? 9-1 in their last 10. They've won seven in a row. Beat the Padres back-to-back games after sweeping the Angels. They're two games back. They're, listen, they're right there. And imagine if they were buying. They needed a bat. They can get one. They've been rolling. The starting pitching is phenomenal with Castillo, Kirby. 
uh, Logan Gilbert, Bryce Miller. They, they've been really good. They're a, they're a good, good team. That, that is a team right now. They're the they're the sleeping giant. They're gonna have a big one, big series this weekend, which we'll talk about. But up on the Mariners, up on the Astros, up on the Blue Jays. If you want to up in the National League, I mean, the Cubs have been rolling. We've given them some love. There's no one in the National League who's won more than two in a row, and that's the Marlins. So that there's that. So uh, the, the, the top four teams in the American League wild card are, are rolling. And the Rays have the McClanahan thing to deal with, but the, the, we'll, we'll see what they do. On to some of the bigger series this weekend. Uh, uh, Guardians Rays. The Guardians are still alive in the Central. They're nine and a half out in the wild card. So I'm saying they're out on the wild card. But they're only four and a half in back of the Twins. So uh, they're, they're still playing for an opportunity. They're going to Tampa. We know what the Rays are. Uh, Yankees, Marlins, rematch of the 03 World Series, but uh, two teams, I think, going in different directions. The Marlins are young, exciting, fast. The Yankees, uh, I told you about them before. Twins, Phillies. Phillies are starting to get going. The Twins are looking to hang on first place in the Central. Cubs-Blue Jays is a huge series. Uh, the Cubs have been playing really well. They just lost two of three in Queens to the Mets. Going to Toronto. That should be a fun, exciting series. Uh, two good teams uh, who've done a lot of good things recently. Now, Angels-Astros, listen. The Angels are on life support. They won the last two against the uh, Giants before they go to Houston. Here's the thing. Otani was great on the mound Wednesday night. If I could have saved him for this series, I would have. But this is you. The Angels have to win the series. And the Angels have to win. start winning series. They're seven out in the wild card. And listen, I, I'm wondering now, I wrote about this for the network. You check it out on www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com. Did they make the wrong decision on holding on to Otani? If Otani bolts and all you're left with is a compensation pick, that, that's going to be rough for me. Uh, but they're going to Houston, division rival. They need the series. Padres D-backs is a huge one in, for National League wildcard implications. Uh, both teams scuffling. Uh, the Diamondbacks have to try to get back to their feet. The Padres have been been this all year. Up, down, up, down. They're, they're a roller coaster. So. Uh, but both those teams need the win, need wins. Orioles Mariners, a huge series. Should be a fun series. A lot of young star power. Rutschman, Julio Rodriguez, Gunnar Henderson, uh, the Mariners pitchers. 
This is an this is an exciting series and could be a possible playoff preview of two of the more young, fun, exciting teams in the American League. Uh, Rangers Giants in a rematch of the 2012 World Series in San Francisco. The Rangers are looking to hold on to first place in the West. The Giants looking to make a run at the wild card. They are the second wild card spot right now in the National League. So that's a big series, too. And you know what? Let's close it out with the biggest one, in my opinion Athletics Nationals. Who's not excited about that one? Uh, You know, the A's. 33 and 82. The Nats at 50 and 65. At least the Nats have some sort of future going. The A's, who knows, before they go to Vegas. Uh, but I, listen, uh, there, there's a lot of things to, to be excited about going forward. Uh, we're entering the dog days. We're going to enter September in a couple of weeks. Uh, which which means the pennant races are on. Uh, have you not excited for that? I I don't know what to tell you because baseball season's in full swing. If you're not excited, that's on you. But I want to thank everyone who's li- who's listened to the podcast. You can check it out Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com. Great blogs, vlogs, planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Sports Insanity Real. We're also on Facebook. And then Sunday morning, back with more batter up myself, at least potentially some others. But until then, I'm Mike Griffin. Thank you for listening to the Batter Up Podcast. Part of the Sports Insanity Network, sponsored by Halpins Cards and Collectibles. Great day, everyone. And we will talk to you again Sunday. And then before we go, just thoughts and prayers to everyone in Hawaii being affected by the wildfires. The preceding program was sponsored by Halpins Cards and Collectibles. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network and also find about the history of the Sports Insanity Network.